Welcome to the Reset Podcast with Kirk Elliott, PhD, where every week we integrate politics, economics, and legislation that will impact your investment portfolios and lives. In doing this, we can reset our expectations so we can invest with wisdom, discernment, and confidence. Sit back, listen, and learn as we go on the journey of navigating through the economic jungle together. Hi, this is Dr. Kirk Elliott, founder of Kirk Elliott PhD Private Advisors. In this presentation, we are going to look at a comparative analysis of inflation-adjusted investment returns from the year 2000 to the year 2022. So for every year of this century, for the last two decades plus. The reason I'm doing this is because people ask me every single day, Kirk, what's the best investment? What's the safest investment? Not just for the immediate, but for the long term, right? So this is why I actually did this research and put it together for for everybody. So first, we have to start off with understanding inflation, right? So official inflation is understated. Your wallet will tell you that, <laughs> So what is the unofficial inflation? In my dissertation, one of them, because I've done two of them, because I have two PhDs, uh, I think I'm a glutton for punishment, right? It's like when I got one, I said, oh, if, if one is good, two must be better. <laughs> so anyways, what is unofficial inflation? So in my dissertation, I developed a new methodology for measuring inflation. And here it is. All right. Fancy looking calculus math here. It's the Elliott True Inflation Index. So in a nutshell, I'm going to explain what all of that means. The consumer price index is a basket of goods, okay? And in that basket of goods, you could have things like steak or eggs or cars or whatever the Bureau of Labor Statistics decides to put in there. But over the years, they've had a lot of substitution bias because in 1996, President Clinton assigned the Boskin Commission, the Congressional Commission, to understate inflation because they didn't want cost of living adjustments and everything to be too high. So they wanted a way to lower government expenditures. And so they started putting substitution um, in there. Let's just say one of the components of the consumer price index was steak. And the price of steak went up, let's say, 30%. Now, I'm just using numbers here for sake of illustration. Well, they said, oh, my word, we can't have steak. Let's, let's substitute it for hamburger. And hamburger is 40% less expensive than steak. What did they say the price of steak did? It went up 30%, remember? They would now say it came down 40%. Well, it didn't. It actually went up. But yet, for the sake of math, in the consumer price index, they said the stake had a 40% decrease. That's called substitution bias. And they have all kinds of different algorithms and metrics now for lowering inflation. So all of you watching this probably remember... In the early 1980s, if you were to get a a mortgage, how much was it? 
Well, it was about 18% on a 30-year mortgage in 1983. But why was it? You know, as, as, as a PhD, I always want to ask why, not just because a number is. I want to know why it got there. Well, in the late 70s, you had massive recession. Unemployment was through the roof. There was, there was gas pipes, gas price gouging at the pumps, right? People weren't working. And so the government still needed funds. So what did they do? They started printing without discretion. The inflationary pressures were through the roof, as were taxes. The highest marginal income tax bracket was pushing 90% back then in the late 70s. So inflation, though, was 14.72%. So how did they slow down that inflation? They had to raise interest rates to 18%. See, this is why in 1996 in the Boston Commission, they changed the way that inflation was measured. This is what I did my dissertation on. So if you wanted to compare apples to apples, that 1983 inflation of 14.7%, give or take, um, to today is today's inflation consumer price index 8.5% at the time of this recording? No, it's something higher. So what did, what is that higher amount? What did my algorithm and formula show? So in a nutshell, my research shows that with a 25% margin of error to the upside only official inflation is understated by 285.33%. So the current official inflation in May of 2022 is at 8.3%. It actually just went up to 8.5% <laughs> just yesterday. <laughs> so based on my research, true inflation is somewhere between 23.68% and 29.6%, where the average annual inflation since the year 2000 is 6.12%. So why does all this matter? Well, it matters a ton because CPI inflation, which is the official inflation measurement vehicle reported by the government, understates inflation, as we have just seen and talked about. So with inflation in mind, let's look at some common investments that all of us may have and see how they have really performed since the year 2000. So let's look at the real return on CDs. Current one-year CD rate is about 1%. 1%. Most people believe this is a guarantee not to lose money. But with unofficial inflation averaging right now 7.16%, the guarantee of a CD means since 2000, you'll be guaranteed to lose 121.44% of your investment because you are really losing 5.52% a year. Let me repeat this. Since the year 2000, CDs have a 36.02% aggregate gain total, or 1.64% a year. But when you account for inflation, the average per year was a negative 5.52% loss. See, that's a horrible guarantee. Look at the real return on treasury bonds. Since the year 2000, the total return on a 30-year treasury bond is 63.99%. That's total over that 22-year span, or 2.91% a year. See, with inflation at 7.16, sorry, tongue-tied, on average, a 30-year treasury bond has an average loss of 4.25% 
What's the real return on stocks? See, in 2000, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was 11,239. Today, almost 22 years later, the Dow is at near record highs of 36,000. This was the high point, right? But we're in a corrective, corrective phase here. I'm not using the corrective phase here because it's going to keep coming down. You just have to pick a date to do the math. Because as of today, the time of this recording, which is, <laughs> this is only about two months after this high point, the, the Dow is down to 29,000. I mean, it's losing money hand over fist. But you got to pick a number, right? So I wanted to give you a higher amount here because the lower amount might make the numbers skew. So I, I picked a date for all of this math to be on the same date for everything that we're looking at, gold, silver, stocks, bonds, CDs. So the time of this, record highs, 36,338. But some years up, some years down, the average growth per year is 7.57%. With inflation at 7.16% on average, a broad-based stock portfolio would be growing at a rate of 0.41% a year. What's the real return on real estate? Well, in 2000, the median home price in the U.S. was $185,800. Currently, the median home prices in the U.S. is $453,700. That's up 144.18% since 2000, averaging 4.77% a year. Accounting for inflation, real estate is actually down 2.39% a year. Well, what's the real return on gold? In 2000, gold was $289 per ounce. Currently, gold is $1,829. That is up 532.87% just since the year 2000. See, that's an average of 9.86% a year. Taking inflation out, gold is still up on average 2.93% a year. See, even after inflation, it's still positive. What about the real return on silver? Well, in 2000, silver started the year at $5.10 per ounce. $5.10 per ounce. It's amazing. Currently, silver is $24.54 per ounce. That's up 381.1% since 2000 or an average of 10.09% a year. Taking inflation out, silver is still on average up 2.93% a year. So let's compare the different investment returns this century. See, which is the best investment for you to protect and preserve your portfolio? The only way to grow your portfolio over time is to outpace unofficial inflation. See, I wanted to go back to the year 2000 for this study to have a long-term analysis as different assets go up and down at different times for different reasons. But this span of almost two decades will have ups and downs considered across all of those markets. So when you compare the different investment returns this century, sorted from worst to best, CDs, minus 5.52% a year when you take out the inflationary pressures. Real estate minus 2.39% per year. Bonds minus 4.25% per year. Stock market plus 0.41%. Gold plus 2.7%. And silver 
plus 2.93%. See, this is over a 22-year span. And people say, oh, buy and hold for the long term with the stock market. Don't go into gold and silver. They're too risky. <laughs> These numbers don't justify that. those comments. See, silver over a 22-year span is the safest asset in the world, averaging the highest. Gold is second. The stock market's third. Everything else is negative. Everything else is negative. See, I was actually shocked by these results because I was expecting the stock market, with it be, being near all-time highs, to have been the best. But for protection and preservation over almost two decades, the only three assets that posted positive returns are gold, silver, and stocks. With silver being number one, gold being number two, stock market being a distant third, almost at break even. See, here we go again. Just another way to look at it. But what I wanted to show you on this one was the percent of time that the return was greater than inflation every single year. See, the bond market, only 17% of the time over a 22-year span was its return greater than inflation for that year. Gold, 55% of the time. Silver, 45% of the time. Stock market, 56% of the time. Real estate, 50% of the time. CDs, like hardly ever, only 5%. So when you look at it over a long-term scale, over a couple of decades, you know, there is no such thing as a perfect investment. There's no such thing as a bad investment. See, even, even one of those years, a CD, right? 5% of the time could have outpaced inflation, right? But what we want to do is navigate through this with success. When you can identify the trends and allocate into them, and when you see trends that are coming down, you get out of them, there's no such thing as a bad investment. There's just bad timing for investments. Although with these numbers, I, I could pretty much with a high degree of confidence say, CDs are always a bad investment, right? When it's only 5% of the time that they outpace inflation, oh, that's a guaranteed loss. So let's take a little bit closer look at the data. So this looks like a big jumbled mess, right? But what I want to show you is every single year I took the data on the exact same date for every asset category across the board and this is how we showed the growth from year to year to year or the shrinkage from year to year to year. The point I want you to look at is what if it's green, it was outpacing inflation that year. If it was red, it was not. See, 30-year bonds, mostly red. CDs, like only one year <laughs> in 22 years, was it good? Gold, silver, stocks, about and and real estate, all pretty close to 50% of the time. Sometimes they're up, sometimes they're down. But in reality, silver is the safest asset in the world over time, followed by gold, followed by the stock market, which when you account for an inflation, that's pretty much break even. So as these trends continue, expect to see much higher prices and tangible assets and more losses in stock, bond, real estate, and CDs. See, this should continue until the fundamentals of the markets change, signaling a shift in the trends. 
See, the choice all of a sudden seems easy when we sift through all of the disinformation and try to deprogram ourselves from what we thought were safe investments our whole lives. See, that's our normalcy bias that kicks in. See, a normalcy bias says, hey, if it worked in the past, it's going to work in the present and it's going to work in the future. But if things change, normalcy bias could be the killer to our portfolio because we don't act when it's time to act. See, bottom line, there is no such thing as a bad investment. There's just bad timing for investments. If you have questions on this, want us to help you navigate through this, set up a strategy for success for your portfolio to get you into the right trend at the right time, out of it at, you know, when it's, when it's not the right time, give our office a call. We'd love to help you through this crisis, through this economy, through the inflationary pressures that we're seeing so you can be in the right place at the right time the majority of the time. Again, this is Dr. Kirk Elliott, founder of Kirk Elliott PhD Private Advisors. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Reset with Kirk Elliott PhD. Every week, our goal is to increase your knowledge and help melt away any financial anxiety and stress that causes inaction. In any economy and with any presidential administration, there are things we can do to thrive and not just survive. Thanks for going on this journey with us. We look forward to our next time together on the next installment of Reset with Kirk Elliott PhD. If you have any questions, call us at 720-605-3900 or simply email us at info at kirkelliottphd.com.